everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Bros Football Podcast for a special NFL Draft Night edition. I'm Bobby Sylvester, as always, here with Mike Tagliere, and we both have so many reactions. In fact, I made sure not to even talk to Tags until the draft was over. We haven't really talked about the draft whatsoever, just so you can hear our first reactions together. But first, I want to remind you all about the giveaway we have going on for our listeners, thanks to pristineauction.com. We're giving away a signed Alvin Kamara jersey to one listener, and what you have to do to enter the drawing is find our podcast on iTunes, subscribe and review it, take a screenshot and send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. If you haven't used Pristine Auction before, you're going to love it. If you have used it, you already love it. They have all kinds of items for your cave. Seriously, there is something for everyone. They've got hundreds of auction lots that end daily, and everything is guaranteed authentic by the most trusted sources. You probably won't believe just how affordable the items are on their site. I saw a signed Baker Mayfield jersey from Oklahoma this evening going for a ridiculously low price. Pristine Auction is quick and free to register. You only pay if you win. And lastly, please make sure to tell them that Fantasy Pro sent you. That way they continue to do these giveaways for our listeners. That's pristineauction.com. P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E auction.com. Tags, where do we start, man? I mean, I know <sighs> you're going to be riding a round two mock draft and you're going to need some sleep, but I don't think we can cover all this in five hours, man. Yeah, no, it, it's going to be a grind, man. So obviously we're doing the podcast now. And if we sound a little bit like uh, more down than usual, not, I'm not saying we're not up tempo, but but if we're a little more, we sound a little more mellow, it's probably because it's uh, it's 11 o'clock at night here and we're recording a podcast. And then after this, I have to try and start uh, doing a mock draft for rounds two and three uh, to try and give you an idea as to who I think that teams are going to pick in the second and third round. So um, yeah. I, I'm not going to complain, though. We have a we have a, an amazing uh, job of trying to predict the unpredictable. Yes. And uh, this first round was it was something, man. Like, I don't I, I it's a great question. Where where do we begin? You know, something that's so stupid is we both spent the entire day out in the sun. Like, I, I know you. You got up really early. I got up extremely early. I had a radio hit, like, super early this morning. It was a Florida one on the East Coast, and we talked draft for a long time, and it was a blast. But we were both out in the sun. I have a terrible headache right now. <laughs> the good news is I don't have to eat my own underwear. That's very, very good news. <laughs> it was close to happening, though. It, it, I felt like it was going to happen. I was but, so uh, worried. Yeah, it was. Um, there was a trade, definitely a trade up to number ten. So I had that part right. It was just I had the wrong team trading up to number ten, which is exactly where Josh Rosen went. I and I kind of did the same thing with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. Like I had them flip flopped uh, with the Browns and the Jets. Uh, I I had them going right there. It's just uh, I, I had them flip flop. So I felt like I had a lot of the players um, close to the range where they were supposed to go. Some of the players I had spot yeah. on, and um, there was a lot of trades though. And it's uh, you know those are often difficult to predict because if one pick goes awry, you know, that's going to change everything that falls behind it. So I think I think that the one that started everything in motion for me, the one that got me kind of thinking kind of crazy about everything was going to the Saints when they traded up with the Packers and, you know, everybody talking about the world was that. Yeah, and the thing is, is I, I wanted to talk about this one first, I think, because it signifies what the Saints are doing, right? Is I had a friend over that literally just wanted to sit over here and watch me go through the draft process and like just get my input as things were happening. So I was writing him up for the site and I was talking to him and I said that when they traded up, everybody's like, oh, it's going to be Lamar Jackson. It's going to be a quarterback. I was like, you know, I think it could be Derwin James. I think it could be Marcus Davenport. And the reason yeah. I said that is because they know, so they don't have a second round pick this year. They just traded away their first round pick next year. They're essentially saying that we're all in with Drew Brees and we're going to give them everything we can to win now. Good and for so, them. So to keep going with that defense, you know, Marcus Davenport, he's a, he's a monster on the edge. I just think that the Saints team is like all in. I think they told you 
trading up to pick number 14 and trading away their first round pick next year, which is, by the way, that pick next year is going to be a late first. Like they're, they're making the playoffs. The Saints are a playoff team and they very well That's could still win the a Super Bowl. lot to trade for number 14, man. It is. I agree with you, but at the same time, I, I like the stones from the Saints saying that. I you mean, know they what? Could have got Harold Landry back in the draft. He's still out there. There's a bunch of good guys still out there. That's the weird one to me. It's like I'm not a fan of Landry. I'm going to be clear about that, and I've been clear about that in my mocks. I had him going at number twenty, and people told me I was crazy to think that he even falls out of the top twelve. Yeah. And once he went past twenty, I'm like, all right, the Patriots. Maybe the Titans moved up to select him in front of the Patriots. Then I thought the Patriots, but no, this this kid, this guy just kept keeps falling. And I know a lot of people talk about his 2016 film and how it's impressive, but you know, a lot of teams go off what the most recent film is. And if he did not progress, you know, moving through college, that's a little worrisome. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not a big Harold Landry guy, so I'm not surprised. I actually have Lorenzo Carter. I'm not. I'm not either. I mean, I I had him as my number sixteen guy on the board. I'm I'm shocked he's there, but everyone was way too high on him. Yeah. And I was hoping the Jags would grab him when he was still sitting there. But, uh, I mean, him, Josh Jackson still there, Mason Rudolph, Malik Jefferson. We expected him to be there. Dallas Will Goddard, Hen- Will, Will Hernandez. Or, yeah, Will, Will Hernandez. Will, Will. Cortland Sutton. I mean, it's there are so many guys out there right now. Darius guys. Well, that's the thing. I think we should just start. Let's let's go through like let's let's go by picks here. Like just go through the first five picks and the first ten and like kind of move through it. So Baker Mayfield coming yeah. off the board number one. What was your initial reaction to that? A plus, man. Good for the Browns. Like yep. good for the Browns fans. I, I really believe he is a Drew Brees type of football player. We we're we're about to find out, but you know this is a very good quarterback class. I only thought there was one lock to be a, a surefire starter for a long time in the NFL and it's Baker Mayfield good for the Browns yeah I felt I felt really good about that and that's the thing is some people are surprised about it some people are acting like it's a shock and I'm like why are we shocked that the best quarterback is going number one overall to a team that needs a quarterback yeah. like why are we shocked like the thing is is like that's what we have to understand is when we go into a draft so many people like are telling me they're like well Mike you've had Baker Mayfield number one for a long time I'm like I did and, and that's the thing is I, I believe there's other people that saw Baker Mayfield as I did as like the he's the he's the upside quarterback in this class I feel, I feel like he comes with a floor because of how accurate he is but Josh Rosen he might be the most pro ready but I don't see the ceiling that I do with Baker Mayfield so again the kudos like there were people texting me all through the draft and I can't respond to all this stuff there's just so much stuff going on but um, Baker Mayfield I am more than okay with the Browns taking him at number one and actually that's exactly what I would have done if I owned the franchise. That's what I mocked. That's what I uh, would have done as well. And, um, you know, I'm just really glad that they didn't pick Josh Allen number one. <laughs> I would have been pulling my hair out and feeling so bad for the Browns. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, and then that leads into, you know, Sam Darnold falling to three, the Jets. Uh, there were reports coming out before the draft saying if the, if the Browns drafted Baker Mayfield, that the Jets, they have Josh Rosen higher than Sam Darnold. Well, that obviously turned out to be false. So it just it kind of goes into it. And like, you know, I tweeted out something before the draft even started. I was like, give me some of your hot takes, guys. Like, let me, you know, and be, it's people feeding off the rumors, right, that they've been hearing all day. And that's the reason I didn't move May- Mayfield to number one. I had him at number three. I had Darnold at number one. And that's why I went golfing today is because I didn't want to hear about all the crap that was taking place, <laughs> even though all of it was leading to what it should have been all along. But either way, I- I'm not mad about it. Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield going uh, one and three. But you know, the Giants taking Saquon Barkley at number two, um, I did actually end up moving him there in my mock because I just heard too much about it. And I said it all along that I believe that the Giants actually think that Eli Manning is the guy for right now. And I think that they haven't given up hope uh, on Davis Webb. It's really bad they didn't get to see him last year, but 
there's a lot of Giants players standing up for him. And I want to be on record before he plays it down in the NFL is saying that Davis Webb, I feel like he got a lot of unfair hate from the Twitter community. I feel like That's people fair. just they wrote him off for no reason. And while watching his college film, am I saying am I going to say that he looked like phenomenal? No, but I also believe that he looked like he could be a competent player in the NFL. He's not someone you give up on. Yeah, right. I, I don't mind them not taking a quarterback. But, like, trade back. Don't take a running back yeah. at number two. Are you kidding me? I tweeted out my grades during the draft on Twitter. So many people were mad at me that I gave uh, the Giants a C plus, And really, that might have been lenient. Like, I think they maybe deserved a D or an F. Because this is stupid. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's just, like... Running backs, you know, a lot of people that follow us, they, they might be like fantasy on the brain and they, they they just think about fantasy football and you're just like, oh, it's a C+. Plus. Yeah, well, I understand. Wait a minute, this guy's going to be an RB1. He is going to be an RB1 in fantasy. Don't get me wrong, but we're talking about the pick. and the I, Giants, don't know, I don't know if he's an RB1 behind that offensive line, man. And that's I'm not th- drafting him the first round anymore. So here's the question. I actually believe that Will Hernandez is going to be on the board when they draft at number two, unless the Browns trade out of that first pick. But the Browns yeah. don't need a guard. They have their their offensive line is solidified uh, outside of that left tackle spot because they still haven't drafted a left tackle. So I would assume they're going to go Connor Williams. That's that's the name that I keep seeing fall. And I'm like, why is Connor Williams still on the board? He should have went. Honestly, I, I was shocked when Colton Miller came off the board at 15. Really? I love Colton Miller, man. I wasn't too surprised by that. It was a little bit early, but um, I think it was a good pick. I think the Raiders could have traded back uh, to 22, 21 area and, and and gotten him there. Like that's what I just felt like he was like. I think the Bengals late... would have taken him at 21. It's possible. Uh, I'm not going to say it's possible, but I, I still feel like Connor Williams was the pick. Like him and Will Hernandez still on the board kind of blow my mind. Those are the two players that I thought would go in the first round. Uh, McGlinchey going inside the top 10. But yeah, let's let's keep moving down the board because we obviously want to get through all the teams. But yeah, so we had Barkley. We know everybody knows where we stand on that. He's a good player and all that, but it just it, it didn't feel right for the franchise. But number four, we had Denzel Ward, which was shocking to see I him skipped go there. Darnold, but there's really not much to say. It was a good pick. Yeah, he was the best player there. The Jets needed a quarterback. I say we just move on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. We've talked about the quarterbacks quite a bit, so it's like getting these other things, like Denzel Ward to the Browns at four. It wasn't too shocking with Jason McCourty being shipped off to New England. They needed a number one cornerback, and I think Denzel Ward has a little bit of that Darrell Revis to his game, where it's like, you know, he he might only be 5'10", 5'11", but he you never watch him on film and like come away thinking, man, if this guy were an inch or two taller, he plays the game. Like he, he plays extremely well. So I like Ward. He's extremely fast too. I, I love Ward too. I had him number six on my board. Uh, I feel like, you know, the Browns knew they needed a cornerback, but Chubb was there. I give them a B minus because they passed on Chubb. I thought they had Chubb too. I actually, um, I ended up in my mock, I had the Browns making that pick and they took Chubb. He ended up going to pick later, obviously, to the Broncos, who are going to have Bradley Chubb opposite Von Miller, which is going to be disgusting. Yikes, man. That is so, so good. Yeah. <laughs> and apparently, so there were apparently a couple teams trying to trade up to number five and the Broncos had, they a, had high, a deal. Yeah. And they had a high asking price. People were saying that the, the Broncos were asking essentially just too much for the pick. So obviously they were pretty high on Bradley Chubb. And I well, no, they, they would have traded it. If Chubb wasn't there, right? If uh, if Chubb was taken by the Browns, they had a deal with the the Bills in place, and um, I, that means that they valued somebody else quite a bit. And I, I think it was Denzel Ward, yeah. maybe Quentin Nelson. Denzel Ward was a popular one in the, in the mock drafts where it was just like Denzel Ward. They obviously need someone to take a key to Lieb's place, so that would have made sense. I mean, Chubb, he was he was the best player on the board right then. So I can't really blame the pick. I, I feel like the Broncos have other holes, but if you're not going to trade back there. Then I have no issue with the the ward pick. No, I, no, I really, not at all. It was a, it was a good pick. I yeah. give him an A. 
Yeah. So Denzel Ward, we like that one. We like we like Chubb. Now the Colts jumped in. They didn't even waste any time. Like that, I was expecting them to field some offers for the number six yeah. pick, but they got their pick in within like two minutes. So they got Quentin Nelson, which is it's pretty obvious. They're just trying to protect Andrew Luck, right? Of course. Yeah. I mean, you you have to, right? Um, and the thing is here, if they move back, they weren't going to get Quentin Nelson. They had to take him there. I feel like it was a little bit of a reach, but you know what? For what the Colts need is a good pick. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And that's the thing is like, you know, I, I feel like they're going to be taking a running back with one of their second round selections. So they have three picks inside the second round, uh, picks four, five and 17. So I feel like one of those picks is going to be a running back because they're one of the teams that even though there was a lot of running backs on the market, you never heard the Colts name brought up with any of them. Like people were trying to tie like before free agency began, they wanted to say Carlos Hyde to the Colts and it just made sense. But the Colts never got involved in any talk. So it, it leads me to believe that they've had their eyes on a running back target in this draft Royce Freeman man I'll tell you what Royce Freeman Marlon Mack Andrew Luck yeah that could be really dangerous I actually would love that I mean I think that that would be a great pick because I'm obviously a Royce Freeman fan and you could probably yeah. get him in the fourth round so and I was thinking Richard Penny was going to be there until like oh, the God. third and, and somebody would get a steal and I love Penny we're gonna get I guess there. I don't mind him at the end of the first round but oh, we're gonna get I there. mean yeah, yeah. That is, <laughs> you know, let's jump there. No, we're going to go right back to where we were, but but I want to stop. We're going to stop right now and say, I am on board as saying that this is, this might be the second, maybe the worst pick in the first round, Rashad Penny. There were a bunch of stupid picks at the end of the draft. Like there my were. head, it got a lot worse while I was watching this happen. Including the Jags, by the way. But, but yes, I know. I know. We don't have to talk about it that much. We'll talk about it when we get there. Okay. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, but, but yeah, just know that we're getting there and it's a bad pick, even though I like Rashad Penny as a prospect. Um, yeah. So Josh Allen at seven. We, I, oh, I, I, puke. I, I think that's the thing. The Bills, if they were trying to trade up for five, they were trying to get Josh Allen, obviously, because they left Josh Rosen on the board. What is wrong with them? Seriously. <laughs> they got Tyrod Taylor helps them get to the playoffs. They dump him. Just for nothing. And then they go get a guy. Um, There's just so many things you could say about Josh Allen. He can't pass. That's really all it comes down to. He cannot throw the football. With accuracy. He can throw the football, but he, yeah, can't, yeah. he can't do it with any accuracy. And, the, and the, the Bills continued that this whole high ceiling thing with their number 16 pick, which we're going to get to. But yeah, I, that was I, another stupid pick. The Bills just screwed up in the first round. A lot of people don't like their draft. And I, I well, we'll get to the 16th pick. But as for now, for Josh Allen, no, I don't like the pick. I wouldn't take Josh Allen in the first round. Like that's that's my real take. And I'm I'm sorry if I'm making Bills fans mad right now, but I'm I'm not a Josh Allen fan. It's just I'm really open minded when it comes to quarterback sometimes. And, and when it comes to offensive scheme and fit and can a coach make his skill set work. If you don't have accuracy, you can't make it work. So I'm not a fan of Josh Allen. I'm not a fan of the pick. Number um, 65 player on my board. Um, your Bears, man, they got a Roquan Smith, and I love Roquan Smith. <laughs> you know, I thought he was going to drop, but I did have him top five in my big board, and uh, the Bears got lucky. He fell. I thought the Colts were going to snatch him. I really thought that too. They brought it up on the on the actual live cast that I was watching, and um, I want I want to actually bring up an exercise right now that I think could help a lot of NFL fans, like understand why some people are homers and, and you know what can actually change you so what I did for the Bears I've never done this before but I wanted to do it because I wanted to be honest with myself there's a lot of people out there that think that I'm getting too heavy on the Bears love and that you know that because I'm from Chicago I like them that's not the case my friends can tell you that I've hated the Bears for a long time because of how bad they've been run but I, I am excited and I and I had some expectations coming into this draft I said that I did not want to draft uh, Tremaine Edmonds that was my number one but what I did and I, I I want everyone else to do this and I wish I would have said it before round one but you could do it in round two too, as well 
I wrote down the five names because I knew that that there were going to be quarterbacks coming off the board before the Bears, at least three of them. So I wrote down five names in order of the players that I wanted the Bears to draft. And and by doing that, if they drafted someone off that list, I was going to be upset. And like I had a right to be upset and not be, well, maybe I overlooked this. No, no, no. I knew exactly what I was looking for. I knew exactly what I wanted. My names in order, I promise this is the exact order, were Bradley Chubb, Roquan Smith, Denzel Ward, Quentin Nelson and Mika yeah. Fitzpatrick. So Roquan Smith right behind Bradley Chubb. If 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 Roquan and Quentin Nelson were on the board, I still wanted Roquan Smith because I think he's a player. He's a plug-and-play linebacker. He could play inside. He could play outside. And it just happens to be a need for the Bears. This They nailed that pick. And yeah. so many people mocked uh, Tremaine Edmonds to them. And I am so happy that they ended up taking Roquan Smith. That would there. have been a disaster. You would have been like yelling this entire podcast, which actually kind of would have been fun. But for <sighs> the Bears, that would have been a disaster. And, you know, actually at the last three shows, I kept saying Roquan's going to drop. Roquan's going to drop. And when I put out my mock draft, I completely changed my mind. I had him go into six. So if you're wondering like why I was saying I had him at no. six, uh, it's because I changed my mind there. That, that happens. Yeah, no, it, it was a great pick. And that's the thing. I'm, I'm pretty happy as a Bears fan that we made a, a solid pick. And then they were trying to trade up into the first round uh, reportedly at the end of it. So it makes me wonder if they're trying to move up and get his teammate Lorenzo Carter or if they're trying to trade up to take um, one of Will Hernandez or Connor Williams. Because I feel like either all three of those players could be b- targets for the Bears in the second round. Round, uh, and I think that's why they were trying to move up. Any of them would be great. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if one of the three fell and they don't have to trade up. It's possible. I mean, the thing is, is like after this, like James Daniels is still on the board. We don't need a center, but he's likely to come off. Someone will probably trade up for him. There's some corners like Josh Jackson still on the board. We knew Maurice Hurst was going to fall due to this heart condition thing. The, the, I mean, only one tight end was taken, only two wide receivers. There's a lot of talent still on the board. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's weird. It's it's really weird to see this play out. And a lot of the stuff actually went in a way I kind of thought it would. But the trades shook up so much. And then the end yeah. of the first round, there was just some bad picks that we're going to get to. You know, with the 49ers taking McGlinchey, first of all, you called this in your bold predictions. You said he was going to go in the, I don't know if you said top 15 <laughs> top or top 10. 10. I think yeah. you said top 10. Yeah. And uh, that was awesome. Congrats on that one, man. That was a good one. Um, I love the fit for the 49ers, right? I mean, they got to protect Jimmy G. And I'll go on record saying, Jimmy G's getting a lot of hype. I think he might be the most underrated player in all of football right now. I mean, he came to a team with no playmakers. He had to learn a playbook, and he was awesome. They had no you wins. You got to protect this guy. Yeah, and they had no wins when he started. Yeah, he's really he is really something. So I'm glad they're protecting him. I don't think McGlinchey's a top 10 talent. Um, I trust John Lynch. I think that he probably made a good move. My initial reaction was, oh, man, they could have got Derwin James. Come on. But, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, I think it's a pretty good move. Well, no, I mean, I actually I mentioned this on a podcast. I can't remember if you were on that one or not, but um, I tried to when it comes to offensive line, they say that's one of the hardest positions to actually uh, to judge. And the reason it is that hard is because a lot of times we don't know what the the protection schemes were. We don't know what the coaches were asking him to block. We might see him miss a player, but that may not have been his his assignment. So I reached out um, growing up. My brother, his best friend was an offensive tackle, and he actually got a scholarship to play at Indiana. Obviously a big school. Um, so I actually reached out to him to talk to him about McGlinchey and Nelson. And I actually said that because I told him, I was like, I feel like I'm higher on McGlinchey than everyone else. Is there something I'm missing here? Is he not as good as I think? He's, he said, no. He said he actually believes he should be a top 10 pick and that if the if the Bears took him, he'd be happy with it. So McGlinchey, I like him. I think he actually could be just as talented as Quentin Nelson. It's just, and he plays a more important position. So uh, that 49ers pick was was money. I mean, I, I thought they'd go linebacker just because of all the holes they have, all the stuff that's going on. 
um, obviously with Reuben Foster. So I kind of thought they'd go linebacker, but at the same time, you should be happy. Opposite of Joe Staley now, at right tackle, you're going to stick McGlinchey and then have your, your eventual replacement for Staley. So, yeah, their yeah. offensive line has been shifted uh, this offseason, and it's gotten a lot better. So, yeah, good good job, 49ers. There's not really too much to say about the Cardinals moving up and getting Rosen at 10 and just kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. It was a good pick. Yeah, for sure. And that, that's the thing. I had the Patriots trading up there. I mean— He's a Matt Ryan. Like if you if you're looking for someone who, to think like who is Josh Rosen, a lot of people have talked about his personality. They've talked about what who he is as a quarterback. Just think that all you need to know is how he plays in the field, and he's like a Matt Ryan. So uh, the Cardinals just got their franchise quarterback. Matt Ryan, I think, was a lot more polished. I mean, Rosen, you, you can say he's the most pro ready, mm-hmm. and I think that he's got great footwork and everything like that. He's a very natural thrower, but he's very young too. He's going to have some bumps in the road, and I think it's good that they've got Bradford there at least for a couple games. Yeah, I, I mean, Bradford, they paid him a lot of money. So I, you, you have to wonder, do they say it's an open competition? Or do they say, Josh, we want you to sit down for a year? And the thing is, it might be wise to let Rosen sit for a year just because that offensive line is in really bad shape. So yeah. they have to rebuild the offensive line. They could give it a year. But then again, they have Larry Fitzgerald there who might be playing his last season. That He might say, give me the best quarterback. Like, put him under there. I don't care that you paid Sam Bradford $20 million. So... I mean, well, the, four, the, the Cardinals can win now. If Rosen's going to help them win, they will put him in. I don't know. Well, that's the thing is I don't think that they're a championship contender. Like, I don't think they're if, not. even if everything goes right, I don't think they're a championship contender. And that's why I say that Rosen, ideally, I if I'm running the Cardinals, I would ideally have Josh Rosen sit, rebuild the offensive line, add a receiver or two, because the, the receiving talent outside of Larry Fitzgerald there is, is not very good. Yeah, it's, it's pretty gross. Uh, Dolphins getting Fitzpatrick. Perfect fit. Uh, it's it's real nice that he dropped out of the top 10 for him. I, I know that a lot of people saw this coming, but I like Fitzpatrick. So him going 11, that's where I mocked him, A grade. I couldn't agree more. And uh, the guy that was over actually sitting there with me, he's a Dolphins fan. So, uh, John, I actually told him that uh, I said Mika Fitzpatrick would be the pick for me. Uh, I feel like it's a team that's in a rebuild process. I think everybody knows that. We've talked about that. And and when you draft a player like Minka who can walk in, start right away, a guy who is projected to be a long NFL starter, I don't even care if some people think he's never going to be like truly elite as long as he's going to be good for a really long time, stick him opposite Rashad Jones and they, you know, their secondary automatically looks better. So when you're rebuilding, you take players like him who are pro ready and not projects and your rebuild time comes a lot shorter. So I thought they took the best player on the board. I thought it was a great pick. I mean, I think Derwin James was the best player on the board, but for them, the Dolphins needed. Right. They didn't uh, need him because like, yeah, team. having Rashad Jones, they don't need Derwin James. But um, I, Minka and Derwin, they were close in mind. Like I, I wouldn't had issue with either of them. Either of them. It just depends on your team need. Yeah, I think I had him like uh, four and seven on my big board. Yeah. Uh, the Bucks moving back to 12 and they got Via. That was great, great move. So smart. Yeah, um, that that defensive front's going to look a lot different than it did last year because, like, you, you go you go from like a team that couldn't pressure the quarterback to now all of a sudden Gerald McCoy was there, but he was dealing with some injuries. But they have Jason Pierre-Paul, Vinny Curry, and Navita Vea. Like, what? Like, and the thing is, it's <laughs> it's smart. It's because I think what we're starting to see in the NFL, like, and like when you. Like look at the Packers when you look at the the uh, the Vikings what they did adding cornerbacks because their division has turned very quarterback wide receiver heavy you know when you go to this conference you look at the Bucks who do they play they play the Saints Alvin Kamara Mark Ingram they need to stop up the middle they also they they play against the Falcons Devonta Freeman Tevin Coleman then they go and they play the Panthers Cam Newton uh, Christian McCaffrey so. 
they play in a division where it's important to be stout up the middle. And I think that they've fixed a lot of those things. Now their secondary is still a problem. Like they still need cornerbacks. Like they need at least one and they need it. They might be a team to look forward to take Josh Jackson. Uh, they're, they're the sixth pick. I don't know if he'll last there. They may trade up, but uh, I definitely think that if they get a cornerback there, they could be in really good shape. I know they need some help on the offensive line, but um, that secondary could use some help. But Vita Vea, he's a player, man. Like, Honestly, no matter what team you are, like you take players like him, and um, yeah, the, the, I had a number. I had him number three on my board, and I only gave out four A plus grades, mm-hmm. and uh, this was one of them. Yeah. And in fact, I think it was it, it was the number one pick of the draft. I think he stole them from the Redskins. <laughs> like, the yes, bu- yeah, they definitely did. <laughs> you know, I thought this was going to happen. I thought that if the Redskins didn't move up, they weren't going to get Vea, and they would have to settle for Payne. And you know, Payne's a very good player oh, as yeah. well. Um, but I think there's a pretty good drop off here. Yeah, I like the Redskins pick a pain too. Uh, right after that, because I think that you, you almost got the feeling like if they don't take him there, they're not getting a defensive tackle because Taven Bryan's going to go. Maurice Hurst, the heart issues. We don't know what's going on there, and we don't even know like if he could even play there in the three four defense. So I don't know. But Deron Payne is a force to be reckoned with. Like, I, you know, a lot of people talk about Alabama and they say, you know, so many players from Alabama are overdrafted because the defense and like there's just so many playmakers in the scheme they play. I think Deron Payne's the player in like the core of that defense that made everyone around him better. I, I don't think Rashawn Evans is like a game changer. Um, I feel like Deron Payne is a player and he's going to make everyone around him better. So I... I love that pick from the Redskins because um, they could have went a different way. They could have gone with Derwin James, but I felt like Deron... They did the right thing. Yeah, I felt like Deron Payne was the better pick for them at that time. Okay, we're going back to the Saints here, and uh, I have to say, when they traded up, I was so excited because I had the Saints trading up, and I had them trading up for Mason Rudolph. And when they traded up to 14, I was like, it is happening. <laughs> I'm going to be right about this. I'm going to be so pumped. And, you know, I tweeted out my my projected picks. I was doing that all night. And my buddy, who's a Falcons fan, was like, please take a quarterback. Because he said the same thing as you. Like, their window to win is now. Yeah. If they're if they're trading up to get a quarterback, then they're they're screwing up because this is their chance. And they did the right thing. Um, I wish they would have taken Rudolph so I could have been right. I love Rudolph. I don't know why he's still on the board. I can't believe the Patriots passed on him. I was so wrong about that, apparently. But uh, this was a good pick. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's I, I've already mentioned that. And the fact that I think the Saints did it right is like you have to understand what your team is and what you're trying to do. And um, they were clearly, clearly in it to win it. Um, my only issue is that Derwin James was still on the board. Derwin James would have been the better pick for me. Like, I understand they want an edge and they want someone to get after the pass. I get that. But Derwin James was there. He could play uh, next to Marcus Williams and, like, just solve your safety position. Like, I I feel like Derwin James is just a versatile safety and that he would have been someone that – I, I would have just liked him better than Marcus Davenport. But at, at the same time, I, I still applaud the Saints for doing what they did. because I, you, don't, you don't even have to play him at safety. You, if you want pass rush, you put Derwin James at outside linebacker and you use him <laughs> in the pass rush. I mean, he's a freak, he's a, man. He, he is a good blitzer. I don't know if he's big enough to play at outside linebacker. But at the same time, like I, he would have been my pick. But again, I'm not mad at the Saints for doing what they did. When he started dropping, dude, I was like, I was losing it. I was like, Okay, the Jags, they have a chance to move up here. They need an outside linebacker. Mm-hmm. They have a chance to move up here. They love these athletic guys. And, uh, you know, I knew it probably wasn't going to happen, but it just had to tease me that much. <laughs> uh, it was it was hard because I love Derwin. Yeah, no, I, I, Derwin, he's a player, man. Um, so that's what I'm saying. You could you always want someone like that. And that's why Minka and him are in that same conversation. I, th- I feel like they're just both players. So uh, we're going to get to Derwin in a minute. 
Um, but yeah, Davenport, I, I, I'm still okay with the pick. Like he's someone if you if you're a Bucks or if you're a Saints fan, if you don't know who Davenport is, he's someone he's ruthless. Like the the first time that I ever watched Marcus Davenport play football. It was just like he was playing with little kids. Like the he's way he's gonna kill somebody, dude. That's exactly what my he's notes said. Like Khalil Mack. I said if there's someone that's gonna kill someone on a football field, it, it's Marcus Davenport. Like he's got he's <laughs> he's got that mean gene. Uh, like Quentin he, Nelson too. Quentin Nelson probably already has killed people. <laughs> if, if if Quentin Nelson played on the edge, lined up against Marcus Davenport, I'm pretty sure there'd be a cage fight, like right there on the field. <laughs> but yeah, Davenport's he's he's got a mean streak to him. Um, he's ruthless, and I think he'll fit right in with that defense. Like I, it's gonna work. For sure. Like, I, I like Davenport. For the Raiders at 15, like, I love Colton Miller. I, I don't think he really belonged at pick 15. Nope. Um, I wouldn't, if I if I had the 18th pick with the Seahawks and I got Colton Miller, I'd be thrilled. At 15, I feel like it's a reach. And then with the Raiders, you need linebackers so <sighs> bad. You need defensive line so bad. You need cornerbacks. You need a running back. Yep. And you took an offensive tackle as a reach? I thought Van Der Esch was like the pick there. I thought he was coming off the board. I, I was like, at 15, it felt like it was a little bit of a reach, but at the same time, not more than you Colton. like Van Der Esch better than Rashawn Evans? Uh, I, I, no, I don't actually. I actually don't in my rankings, but the the hype on Van Der Esch was so much that I had to end up putting him higher than Evans. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Or wait, I wanted to, but but the re, the reason I didn't is because the Chargers I had them going linebacker, and they were not taking they weren't going to take a linebacker from Boise State. This just doesn't fit what they've done as a front office. But I knew Van Der Esch was creeping up boards. I thought he was going to go to the Raiders at fifteen. It would have made more sense for him than Colton Miller. Colton Miller. So Colton Miller is six nine, three hundred and ten pounds or whatever he is. He's been left tackle right. And he's going to the Raiders who have Donald Pennant left tackle. So they're going to ask him to play right tackle at six, nine. It's just a weird <laughs> thing. Like, I just don't feel like I, I don't get the pick. But then again, the Raiders offseason is something I just don't get. So um, I actually I thought they were smart for moving back. I, I mocked that the Raiders would move back because it just didn't seem like a good spot for them to pick. But man, um, you have to wonder if Mike McGlinchey wasn't taken by the 49ers, if they would have stayed there at 10 and taken McGlinchey then. Donald Penn's one of my favorite players in the NFL, man. If if you want to learn how an offensive tackle should play the game of football, watch the Raiders and watch Donald Penn. He does it perfectly. Well, yeah, Tyron Smith is really good too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He's, uh, he's a little, yeah, he's a little bit different. He's, he's a monster. Like a, yeah. Yeah, first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But um, yeah, we're we're now to the point in the draft where it's like a couple questionable picks, like Colton Miller. I didn't like that pick at all. Uh, I just felt like it was reaching. I felt you could have traded back. And on top of that, Colton Miller's not better than Connor Williams. I'm sorry. And you can come at this, come back to this podcast in two years and tell me if I'm wrong. But I'm I, you're you're wrong. I'll tell you right now. I'm sorry. You're wrong. All right, so we're gonna have to come back to this podcast regardless. Um, okay. But the Bills' next pick, they 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 continued with the whole upside pick and they're taking these players at ceilings like they're expecting Josh Allen to develop into you know an accurate passer which just doesn't happen uh they're expecting Tremaine <laughs> Edmonds to you know he's only 19 years old I get it but you're also just depending on a ceiling and the, I'm going to defend this pick a little bit because I know that the Bills are catching a lot of heat for their draft and how they drafted strictly for upside I understand Tremaine Edmonds at this point in the draft because I think a lot of the elite players were gone. They didn't need a safety, so Derwin James was out of the conversation. The linebackers, Leighton Vander Esch, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, Rashad Evans, I, I feel like he's a guy. I, I just don't feel – I feel like the, the sure things were off the board outside of Derwin James, a position that they don't need. So 
Tremaine Edmonds presents upside, right? And that's why the reason I didn't want the Bears taking him at eight is because that's all he presents. He doesn't offer you anything right now. Like he's not an every down player right now. His in- instincts aren't where, the- where they need to be. I see him standing still too often on the field. So that athleticism that everybody talks about, it doesn't even come to light until he sees the ball somewhere in play. Yeah. Like he has no instincts right now. So you're relying on upside in this pick. And the Bills instincts are also hard to learn. I think that's as hard to learn as accuracy for a quarterback. Yeah, you might be right. And that's why Roquan Smith for me was just like he's natural but but Tremaine Edmonds people are telling me like when I left him out of my first round mock draft that I did and what I think NFL teams should do I left him out of that and people gave me so much feedback saying like you know how you're you're not going to put a linebacker in there that can run a four five forty that's 19 years old that's got the length that he does yada yada no ultimately no because in the first round I I want players I want guys who like you know what the hit the bust rate is on first round picks it's like you're lucky if it's like a 30% chance that these guys turn into longtime starters and why is that because people fall in love with upside too often take the guy who's a football player the guy who's been doing it the guys like Minka Fitzpatrick the guys like Roquan Smith the guys like Quentin Nelson those are football players right yeah so yeah Tremaine Edmonds Upside of reach, I get it. But at this at this point in the draft, they needed a linebacker. I get that pick. Yeah, people were mad at me when I gave them a, a C grade. And, you know, I think that was a little bit generous um, because I, I don't especially like Edmonds either. I, I don't – I would have him in the first round, but like late first round. So I, I felt like this was a little bit of a reach. Mm-hmm. And, and trading up to get him, I don't get that. Yeah, that that was that was the questionable part too. But he, he actually fell further. Than, some people told me that he wouldn't make it out of the top 12. But um, – Yeah. So, yeah. I mean – Again, I'm I, I'm not as mad. I'd be, I'm happier with this pick than I am with the Josh Allen one. Just, just know that. <laughs> well, they're both really yeah, good. Yeah, they're not great. So we are halfway through the first round uh, looking back at what happened. And I'll tell you what, my headache is gone. I'm very glad for that. I guess uh, NFL draft is a fix-all. And something else that really got rid of headaches for me is TeamStake.com. If you're in uh, commissioner mode, you know how hard it can be hassling friends and family for fantasy league fees. Try TeamStake.com. I've been using them for the last few years, and it makes commissioner life so much easier. They provide fantasy sports leagues with a fully customizable payment collection and payout distribution system at no charge. Seriously, it's 100% free to use, no tricks, none of that stuff. Safe and secure transactions, professional safekeeping, and extremely easy to use with all kinds of customizable features. Check them out. Again, that's teamstake.com, and it's absolutely free to use. All right, Chargers here, man. If the if the Bucks didn't have the best pick in the first round, it had to be the Chargers. I cannot believe James mm-hmm. fell into their lap exactly what they needed. I mean, they could have gone linebacker, defensive line, mm-hmm. offensive line here, but they needed a safety, and Derwin James is a monster. Yep, I think that that was their plan all along was to go a linebacker because I don't think that they ever felt that Deron Payne or Vita Vea was going to fall. So I think their plan was to go linebacker here, uh, and I thought it was Rashawn Evans because just the, the Power 5 schools. Um, but... Once they saw Derwin James on the board, they're like, well, wait a minute. I, <laughs> how do we not take this they're guy? They're probably celebrating. Like, who cares about round two and round three? Let's just throw a big party because we got so lucky. It feels like the Jags. Um, I'm not even lying. Like, most people don't know that the, the Chargers actually were the number one defense in the league last year. Allowed the fewest points per game. People don't know that, right? And their defense just got a lot better with Derwin James. Like, seriously, like... Trey Boston, he's the one that he's going to be replacing. Um, Trey Boston was still a solid player, especially in coverage. But uh, Derwin James, it's just another dimension. Like the Chargers defense is getting better and better and better. And if for whatever reason, Maurice Hurst falls and 
like I, I actually think he's going to be there for them at their 16th pick in the second round. If he falls there and there's not a linebacker that they like, it would be interesting to see him because playing uh, inside with Corey Legit and um, having Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa on the outside, Derwin James coming down in the box. Like, I don't know, man, that that defense is getting ridiculous. So if you're listening from a fantasy perspective, just know that uh, the Chargers defense might be the Jaguars this year. Yeah, I, I think that you're right, man. I think they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And I'm looking at the linebackers here. You've got Malik Jefferson, Lorenzo Carter, and then a huge drop off in my big board all the way down to number 72 at Josie Jewell uh, out of Iowa. And um, so if they don't get one of those guys, yeah, I could see them going and getting Hurst or, or even Tim Settle. Yeah. Uh, either way, the Chargers are going to be sw- sweet defense. Yeah, that was a great pick. That that they took the best player available. It happened to be that. I mean, they could use a safety. So that's that's a great pick. That's that's one of the best ones in the round. You know, I think the easiest call of all of today was when the Packers traded up, you knew exactly who they were getting. Jared Alexander, everybody knew it, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, it, it seemed like it was a clear thing. Like, they were, they traded back, and I, I I didn't know. There was only one other possibility. There was for a wide, wide receiver, because they traded to get back in front of the Cowboys. So I felt like it could have been a wide receiver there. Um, But again, I think the Packers were smart. I think the Vikings were smart in grabbing a cornerback. Uh, just because like, you know, with the rule changes in the NFL and this whole thing with with running backs and like the leading with the head and all that stuff and how Marshawn Lynch is never going to be able to play in the NFL again, maybe why Darius guys fell in the draft uh, is just because running backs aren't going to mean as much to teams anymore. I think passing I think they're trying to make it more of a passing league. And that's just uh, like obvious in what they've done over the years. Um, so I, I felt like getting a cornerback to combat some of those like think about it they're playing in a division with Matthew Stafford Kirk Cousins Mitch Trubisky the all these teams have good wide receivers so it's just they needed a cornerback Kevin King last year did you just call Kevin White a good wide receiver no Kevin King uh, their cornerback <laughs> their, their pick from last year the Packers um, they're going to be relying on him and J.R. Alexander to kind of handle that so I, I think it was a good pick I have no idea why the Packers traded back from 14, though. If I'm the Packers, I stay at 14. I take Derwin James alongside Ha Ha Clinton. Yeah, Dicks. I was I was kind of shocked about that. But I mean, you'd been hearing all these rumors like the Packers have something weird up their sleeve. Yep. I thought that they were trading up. So I, I thought there's no way it was Derwin James. Yeah, it was weird. I mean, I was happy to see the the, the move from 14 because I was like, oh, no way that you know Derwin James yeah. has fallen down the board any further. But um, yeah, Derwin. I had them trading up to five to get Bradley Chubb. Yeah, Derwin James. The, I mean, I, I just don't know why the, the – if I'm the Packers, I understand why they got the value they did. But at the same time, Derwin James would help that secondary. So, But whatever the case, I, th- I don't think the Packers did a bad job because, you know, they traded back, got an extra first-round pick next year. They got a pick later this year um, and then moved up uh, for a third and sixth-round pick. So, I mean, they the Packers GM did a good job. Um, yeah, he did. But, again, I, I just – I wouldn't have been able to pass in Derwin James at 14. I can't believe they got they picked up a first round pick to basically move back four spots. Well, yeah, and give up a and third still and get sixth. their guy right. Man, that's a sweet haul. Okay, let's go to the Cowboys here. Do you like what they did? Um, nope, I don't. <laughs> Me either, man. I can't believe I was shocked that they took Van Der Esch. I mean, they have so many holes, and linebacker I felt was like the fifth. Yeah, linebacker is one of their needs. Like, and I, I felt like they sure. needed an outside linebacker to replace Anthony. Well, I guess if Sean Lee's going to be hurt every year. Well, that's that's the thing. I, I think Cowboy fans, that's their thing. Is like, well, Sean Lee is never healthy. He's getting older. I, I understand that. I really do. But are you going to bench Sean Lee 
for Vander Esch? No. Um, I, I think they're. I don't. I, I have to think that they're going to ask Vander Esch to play outside linebacker uh, to start because they had a whole. He doesn't fit there, man. I don't. I, I don't think so either. But I. I've seen Stranger Things. Um, yeah. But they needed an outside linebacker to replace Anthony Hitchens. So again, this was a puzzling pick for me. I'm not a huge Vander Esch guy. I, I know some people are gaga over him. He's got a really big neck. <laughs> oh my god! This this podcast is off the rails already. Um, but I. I mean. And it's not to say that you had to go wide receiver. I just felt like, I don't know. I just didn't. I didn't like. You the fit. did though. You did. I mean, their number one and number two needs are wide receiver. They have no starting wide receivers. They've got Alan Hearns, who's a decent slot. But th- that's the thing. They're going to play Alan Hearns in the on the perimeter in the slot. That has to be Cole Beasley they and Ryan Switzer. That. I no. I'm, I'm telling you. I, I think their plan is to have Alan Hearns operating on the perimeter in the old ter- Terrence Williams role, and um, they're looking for an extra. Then they're receiver. taking. Their plan is to win four games. Yeah, it's it's not great. They're, everyone's going to stack the box against Zeke, and their offensive line can't carry them anymore. That's not going to work. You know, people talk about defenses and like how in college there, there's some defenses that funnel things to, like to a certain player. I felt like Vander Esch was like uh, one of those players where I, I think that people fell in love with the fact that he always seemed to be in on the play, but it just felt like everything was kind of flushed to him. I, I saw him miss open field tackles, stuff that, you know, Brian Erlacher didn't do. And that's the people they're comparing him to Luke Keekley. I'm like, do you guys ever watch these guys play football? Because Luke Keekley doesn't miss a tackle. Um, I don't think Van Der Esch is that guy. And, and that's I could be wrong. I, that's the thing. I'm not a, I'm not going to sit here and say that I'm going to be right on every single one of these prospects, but I'm just saying that I don't like him as much. I, he could be like Paul Polunsky uh, that, that just Pulaski, retired from yeah, the Jacks. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if he's that good. Um, but again, I, I I didn't like the pick. I don't like the fit. I don't know what they're going to do with Sean Lee or if they're going to ask Sean Lee to play outside linebacker. I don't think that's going to happen because they're a 4-3. So, I, I, again, I don't get the pick, but it's not my franchise. Yeah, they can do whatever they want, but they screwed up. Agreed. <laughs> um, yeah, let's move on to the Lions at number 20. They went and got uh, Frank Ragnow. A lot of people mm-hmm. thought. Um, that he was going to fall to the Bengals. And he, uh, I don't know, I'm sure the Bengals would have taken him because they took Billy Price, who's also a good center prospect. But uh, I think the Lions stole one here. I love Frank Ragnell. And he's someone that, he's another one of those players in the offensive line where I had him as number one. Everybody else had James Daniels, Billy Price higher than him. And I was like, am I missing something? Like, what am I missing? Because I loved Ragnell. And, um, you know, as the draft got closer and closer, he started moving up boards. Obviously, Billy Price's pectoral injury didn't help. Um, James Daniels is is puzzling. I don't know why he really fell as far as he did. Um, but at the same time, the Lions, I was really shocked to see them pass on Harold Landry. Like, that seemed like the pick. Like, that's the one I think. I know, man. That's the one I had mocked, and people told me that I was too late on him, that he wasn't going to be there. But he was, and now he's still on the board. Like it's puzzling to me why Harold Landry's still there with, with, with all the hype that he was receiving. Like, like I said, I wasn't a fan of Landry. I've been, I've talked about that in my articles. So all my stuff's on record, obviously, but uh, I mean, I, I like the pick because I feel like the lions for years, people have blamed their running backs for the problems. When in reality, that offensive line is crap. Yeah, it really is. But you know, I, I thought that it was either Landry or Evans here, who was still on the board, and they didn't do either of them. I thought maybe they'd get win. Um, Ragnall's a, he's a good pick, but uh, I think that they had other other options that were better. 
I also felt like tight end was a possibility for them there. Um, letting go of Ebron, like it's the it's, it's the area of the draft where you kind of expected a tight end or two to go. I thought it was too high, man. I, I didn't think I any tight end should gone in the top twenty five. I mean, I, I like I like Goddard, but uh, that's about how high I would have taken him. Yeah, I no, I actually agree with you. But I, I'm saying like when when looking at their team needs and stuff like that, I, I for me it should have been Landry. I thought that that was their pick, and then Ragnow went, and I was like, okay, it's a good pick. It's just not what I thought. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So yeah. I mean, I, I, I would grade that pick. I would say it's. I, I might be give that in the A range. I felt like it was a really good pick. Um, because I, like I said, I liked Ragnow. I gave him a C plus just because I thought there were better options. Uh, the next yeah. team I also gave a C. The Cincinnati Bengals just because I mean they could have traded back ten picks and still got Billy Price, right? Maybe maybe twenty picks. I'm so mad they didn't take Connor Williams there. Like, I thought that that was a lock. Like, if, if there was betting odds as that was happening and I could have bet on who they were going to draft, I would have bet money, like legitimately, like actual money on Connor Williams because it just made all too much sense. They got Cordy Glenn to play left tackle. You know, they have their center position, well, their guard position solidified a little bit. But adding Billy Price, somebody coming off the injury, I know he's supposed to be ready for training camp, but I felt like... Connor Williams would have slid in right at right tackle. He's also got some versatility where some people think he's going to be a guard where you can move him inside if you need to. Center was somewhat of a need, but I felt like that could have been something you addressed in the second round, whereas you're not going to get, I don't think you're going to get a right tackle Yeah. at, for, at, at pick 214. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, I didn't have Williams going in my first round. You must have seen something that I didn't see. And, you know, I read all your stuff about him as well, but um, I just thought he was a fringe first round player. So I wasn't too disappointed um, that they passed on him. I just didn't think Billy Price was worth going uh, 21st overall for. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's fair too, but apparently teams have um, given the green, been given the green light on him, uh, and he's someone that can play guard or center, so I guess they get some versatility with him. Yeah, um, so I, I think Evans at 22 was a steal, but with that being said, I don't understand why they traded up for him because Patriots weren't taking him, the Panthers weren't taking him, and then the Titans would have had him at 25. So why did they do this? I think that I actually think the Patriots would have taken him. You do. Okay. Um, Isaiah Wynn, that pick makes no sense to me. Like the the pick right after, I feel, I feel like the Patriots were caught off guard. Wynn and, is not uh, a tackle. I think they, were, they, they think he's nope. going to play tackle and fill him for soldier. That's not happening. He's a guard, man. He's he's 6'2". He's not playing left tackle in the NFL. Yeah. Like that's why people have talked about this for a while. Like Isaiah Wynn is supposed to be a guard and they Maybe have guards in New England. <laughs> I don't know what's happening here. Like I, I, I wrote on that. I said maybe we don't know the whole plan for the Patriots yet. Um, but Isaiah Wynn, I, I don't see him as a left tackle in the NFL. Don't see it. Um, maybe Bill Belichick isn't the actual smart person for the Patriots. Maybe it was Patricia. And now that he's gone, they're just screwed because they made two horrible picks. <laughs> I don't ever. I don't actually like. It's funny. Like when thinking about it, like the Patriots have obviously hit on some draft picks, but. I also feel like they're not great. Like, I don't ever think Bill Belichick has been a great talent evaluator in yeah. terms of like in terms of who he's getting in free agency sometimes, who he's getting in the draft sometimes. But he's the best coach of all time. Like he makes it work. Well, Andy so always got, trades back. So he always has all these extra picks. So if he swings and misses on 70 percent of them, so what? He's got all these extra picks. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, that's why I, I don't want to judge it too much because he's, you know, he's proven me wrong, not, not proven me wrong, but he's proven a lot of people wrong time and time and again. So maybe he's got a plan with Isaiah Wynn, but I feel like Rashawn Evans, that was going to be the pick because they do need an inside linebacker. And I feel like the Titans trading up, like literally just changed everything. They were like, Oh, like almost like, do you remember when the bears moved up in front of the giants? Um, the other, uh, 
was it two years ago? And then they were forced to take Eli Apple. Like it was just like a pick that made <laughs> no sense to anybody. That, yeah. And they were like, it was a reach. And it almost just seemed like they were just caught off guard. And I think it's possible that they thought they felt like Rashawn Evans was going to be there. Well, so, they should have just been smart and taken Mason Rudolph then. <laughs> that that would have made more sense than Isaiah Wynn. I like I said, I don't understand the pick, but it is what it is. And uh, I can't argue with the Patriots. They've they've won a lot. I can argue with the Patriots. This is stupid. Not as stupid <laughs> as their next pick. We'll get to that in a little bit. Pick number 24, though, uh, you owe me some candy because DJ Moore went in the first round. And not only that, he was the first wide receiver to go, baby. Oh, yeah. He was, and it makes All me... the sense in the world because he is awesome. <laughs> I mean, I, I, there's a lot of people that say that. There's a lot of smart people that like DJ Moore an awful lot. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't. I don't see... I don't. I guess I don't see what some people do. I, I. I actually. I've always said that I think he's a solid receiver, but I don't think. I don't think he's your ex receiver. He's not the guy that can do it all. Like I feel like he's a possession receiver. Um. He showed up. He showed more speed in the combine than I saw on the field. I didn't see a field stretcher on the field. Like he just felt like he was a guy that's willing to go across the middle of the field. I would have loved to have seen him in a slot role, like a possession slot role, or like a Julian Edelman role where he plays some slot. He plays some on the perimeter, but he runs a lot of those crossing routes. And uh, I. I still feel like Moore's got some work to do. Like, I don't feel like he's a great route runner. Um, he's not like he's as really polished. good at running curls. That's about it. <laughs> That's the thing. It's just like he he doesn't run the full route tree yet. It's going to take some time, but they're going to ask him to play right away because they need him. Uh, Tory Smith, are you really are you going to start Tory Smith over DJ Moore? Mm, I don't think so. Unless they're going to play him in the slot, I, I, it's possible. Curtis Samuel, what are you going to do with him? But I for love me, DJ Curtis Moore, Samuel, I can't wait to see what he can do with the football in his hands this year. Again, I mean, we're talking about a team that has other holes and it's not to say that it's not to say it's a terrible pick I don't want to say it's terrible but I'd say it's more like a C because I feel like there was other needs on this team like I've I, I feel like their offensive line is shot yeah um I know they can't admit that the Matt could have got a, corner, a cornerback as well and here's Correct. the thing wide Josh receiver there. I think yeah. wide receiver is probably their biggest need and I like more a ton I like Sutton a little bit more but Moore's not the type of wide receiver that you need. He's not as he's not big enough for for inaccurate Cam Newton to hit. Exactly. Cam, this is a terrible landing spot for Moore. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to be drafting. I love DJ Moore. I'm not going to be drafting this year in redraft leagues because he's with Cam Newton. Yeah, he should have more targets than most rookie wide receivers, though, because like I said, they're just not a very uh, wide receiver heavy team. So I anticipate him walking into at least 80 targets. So. He should have some weeks, but at the same time, I think he's going to be inconsistent with Cam. So uh, the Baltimore Ravens at 25, we both thought Hayden Hurst was going to be the first tight end off the board. He's not my favorite tight end. I mean, he's like 25 years old or whatever, but the Ravens did a really good job moving back twice, getting extra picks. And, you know, Mm -hmm. they got their guy. I'm not going to fault them for that when they picked up all the picks. Yeah, I wonder if they were going to take Calvin Ridley before all these wide receiver signings, like before Crabtree, before Willie Sneed. I think so. Uh, because they were so apparently the reason that the Ravens signed Willie Sneed is because Des Bryant turned down a multi-year offer from them and they were like okay we're gonna go in a different direction I mean I don't think that this like cleared up a wide receiver need for that I still believe they need a wide receiver but I don't have any issue with Hayden Hurst either because they had a needed tight end he's someone who is ready to play immediately like I know a lot of people are concerned and saying that you know he's gonna be so he's 24 now he's gonna be 25 by the time the season starts so he will be 25 uh, at the start of the season but most tight ends when they come in they're not as they're just not 
they're not as um, I don't know how, how I how am I what am I trying to say here? They're not as polished as Hayden Hurst is as a receiver. Like he can be used out of the backfield. He reminds me of a, a mix between Greg Olson and Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Hernandez, when he played on the Patriots, you remember they'd line him up all over the field. They line him up in the backfield. They line him up at wide receiver. That's what Hayden Hurst can do for you. So he's almost like a wide receiver slash tight end, and they can move him. And with the way that Joe Flacco and the offense use like utilizes the tight end, if you go back and look over the last couple of years. They target the tight end a ton. Even the fullback. He throws to the fullback quite a bit. They can use Hurst as a fullback and throw him out of the backfield. Mm-hmm. Yep. He's not the greatest blocker, but um, but he still can block. He's willing. So, But he's more of like that move tight end. Like I, I feel like he's, he's someone that actually in redraft leagues, I know people avoid rookie tight ends for good reason. But he's actually someone that I think if you if you're the type of person that drafts two tight ends, I think he's someone to have on your bench because I, I do believe that he's going to see like six targets a game. Yeah. I mean, he's not a tight end one or anything like that, but, um, you know, tight end 18, 19 overall this year. I think that's a good spot. And uh, I love Dallas Goddard a lot more, but he's nowhere near as polished as Hurst. Correct. Goddard. Uh, Goddard's number three on my list. I have him behind Gasicki um, just because I feel like Gasicki's ceiling is even higher than Goddard's. And it's huge. They're- they're both like this weird, like those are the two tight ends. Like those guys, those guys are going to take a couple of years to develop. Like don't expect things from them like right away um, unless they landed in like the perfect offense with like Drew Brees. <laughs> um, but that's not going to happen anymore. So, um, but yeah, Hayden Hurst, I don't have any issue with that pick. Yeah, it's not bad. I give it like a B, B minus um, just because he's not my favorite tight end, but it makes sense for what the Ravens are going to do and mm-hmm. they move back. So it, it was a nice move for them to get the picks. Pick number 26, uh, I don't know mm-hmm. if you remember, but in our bold predictions last time, I called Calvin Ridley to the Falcons, and I am very happy that it happened. You also need to buy a Calvin Ridley jersey, right? That's exactly what I said. I said that, uh, I was. Tra- I explained on that show, if you guys missed it, um, I said that outside of the Bears, if I had one other team that I always rooted for, it was the Falcons, and it was before the whole Super Bowl thing. Um, but I said that if Calvin Ridley went to the Falcons, I will have a Calvin Ridley jersey. And I didn't think it would happen, but man, like... Those two on the field, that, that was a clear need for them, wide receiver. Like once Taylor Gabriel left and a lot of people were like, oh, they need a slot receiver, Christian Kirk. And I'm like, did you guys forget Muhammad Sanu plays the slot? Like that's what he does for them. They need a perimeter wide receiver, somebody who could stretch the field. And they happen to get that and more. Like not only can Calvin Ridley stretch the field with like four, four wheels, but he's honestly, he walks in as like a top 10 route runner in the game. And that's that's really weird, like rare to say for a rookie. And knowing that he that Julio Jones demands double like you can't single man cover Julio Jones. He will eat you alive all day. He's so going to eat need... you alive either way, man. And that's as true. long as he... you throw him the ball. Yeah, he's done that his entire career. So to know that Calvin Ridley is going to see a lot of man, uh, single man coverage, and he's also going to see a lot of number two cornerbacks, which is really good for his projection. I think he's going to be boomer bust uh, in, in his rookie season. Oh, because... I don't think so, man. He's a top thirty wide receiver for me as a rookie. This is a perfect landing spot. I mean, not only the Falcons can win now, obviously. And he's perfect for them because he's so polished. He fits the role exactly. And they're going to use him a ton. I'm going to draft him everywhere. <laughs> I, I mean, I hope so because I've been talking up Calvin Ridley this entire offseason. Like, I feel like he's the number one receiver in this draft. Um, but with Calvin there, or with, uh, with Calvin there, with uh, Julio Jones there, uh, Calvin Julio, funny, huh? Um, but with Julio Jones there, like th- there's a lot of targets that get fed that way. And it's like, how many targets can I realistically see Ridley like getting uh, per game? And it- it's hard to see him get more than like four to six per game. And that's that's really rough to remain a consistent wide receiver in fantasy with those targets. So again, I, I feel like he's going to be a really good best ball target. 
where if you play in best ball leagues, you don't have to worry about setting a lineup. He's someone that's going to have multi, like a few weeks where he just kind of goes off. Yeah. Can we just skip the next five picks? Because they they just make me mad. There's some bad ones, man. Number 27 is, it's not the worst. In fact, the worst is so bad that like this looks like a genius pick. But this pick was also incredibly stupid. Like, I love Penny. Mm-hmm. I loved Penny in the third round if he was there. <laughs> if he was there in the second round, I would think, yeah, I mean, you, you went up and you reached for a guy that I think is a decent value with that pick. To pick him at pick number 27 when you have no offensive line, what in the world is going on here? With their defense falling apart. Yeah. Like, legitimately, Everywhere. they've lost they so much. They need everything on defense now. I have no idea what this pick was. When I heard it, I was like, my God. Okay, so last year, okay, you felt the need to go out and get Eddie Lacy, Thomas Rawls coming back from uh, his his ankle surgery, and then you drafted uh, C.J. Procise the year before. I understand you were trying this Frankenstein running back, and it just wasn't working. You had Chris Carson. He looked good. You guys talked him up this offseason. It's like we need him to get healthy and back on the field. And then we're, we're going to take a running back in the first round. Like not just uh, a don't... running back in the first round, a running back who belongs in the third round. Oh god, it's it's so maddening. Like I have six other positions that they could have used more than a running back. This is so incredibly stupid. Like if they didn't have Russell Wilson, they would win four games this year. Pete Carroll might be in the hot seat if Seattle is as bad as some people think they're going to be. Um, so I don't even know if it was if he. I mean, he might. I'm sure he has a voice in the pick, but at the same time. I don't know, man. This is so bad. Like when I saw that pick, I was I heard it. I was like, wait, what? This is like the movie Draft Night. You rem- you've you've seen the movie, right? Draft Day? Is it called Draft Day? I don't know. Why yeah, Draft, Draft Day with Day. Kevin Costner. Yeah, whatever that was called. I don't care what it was called. It was a stupid, stupid movie because <laughs> everybody in that movie should have been fired. I know it's cool to like have a movie about the NFL draft, and I was really pumped about it. When I saw that, I was like, that is a terrible movie because everyone should have been fired. And th- they just this pick reminded me of that. He was about to get fired, and then he kind of turned it around. Like, there was there parts of it that were unrealistic. Yeah, I take that movie for what it is, and it, it, it entertained me. So, uh, I'm in the minority on that one. I know that a lot well, of people hold hate on. that okay, movie. Okay, we have we have stuff to talk about here, but you're wrong. If you take a guy who's <laughs> supposed to go 15th overall with the first overall pick, I mean, sure, you can get the quarterback later or whatever it was, the running back later. That helped, but like, if you wanted that guy, trade back from number one to number ten and take the guy. And then you've got, you know, you get your running back too. But like, if you take that guy first overall, you're getting fired on the spot. Not only that, you're probably getting killed. Well, the owner was coming to fire him. He's like, I'm going to see you in person in like an hour <laughs> because you can't fire a GM in the he middle of the draft. He still should have fired him. <laughs> I, I, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just, I appreciate it for what it was. It was an unrealistic, absolutely. I think they, I think they went too far in Police that direction. should have arrested him. But I, <laughs> Okay, that, that I, movie was worse than Legally Blonde. Okay, that was the worst movie I've ever seen. Maybe I've never seen Legally Blonde, so I can't comment on this. Um, what I can comment on is Tags the next said he p- was okay. I'm not letting you go this far because Tags he told me that he was playing golf, <laughs> and really, what happened is he was watching the Legally Blonde marathon. Obviously, that's my favorite thing to do on draft day. It's like a it's like a ritual. Uh, but no, can we go to the, the the worst pick of the draft next? This is so bad. The, okay. Honest question. I built my big board to 100. Mm-hmm. Did you have Edmonds in your top 80? No, he wasn't in my top 120. He wasn't in my top 100 either. And um, what is what is this? 
I don't know, man. Like, and it's so funny because you could totally tell when they drafted him too. Like, everybody's like Terrell Edmonds, and he's and everybody it was almost like, wait a minute, isn't Tremaine Edmonds off the board? Yeah. <laughs> and I th- I think that was the reaction that most people had. Like, and they were just like, wait a minute, oh, his brother? Like, I, no, no. And so I I immediately I was like, where did I have him? Like, I had him low. Like, I a mean, lot like lower. I knew the name and everything, but I was like, yeah. I mean, this guy's probably going to be picked in the second round because someone's going to reach for him, and I'll think it's a bad pick. I'll think it's a terrible pick um, because there's some people out there who like him, but I wouldn't pick him until the fourth or fifth round. Yeah, even Daniel Jeremiah, he's one, he's someone that I respect because he seems to have a level head, and he doesn't like he's he's not known for his like hot takes. Like he he's a pretty you know a, a smart guy. So I went and actually looked at his after this all happened because I was like. Am I like totally on a limb here? Like, am I am I missing this? Because I expected him to go late day two, early day three, and uh, I looked in his rounds three or four. That's when he was projected. So I have no idea what the Steelers were doing here. Like, like zero, like nothing. I I can't offer an explanation for it because, well, I I I, I don't know. Like they could have they could have gotten him legitimately an entire round later. There's no no chance anyone else would have taken him before then. It was a shock like that. This this was and that's the thing is like this might work out like I'm not saying because so he's similar to his brother in the fact that they're they're crazy athletes like they're you could tell as a family. They're just a crazy athletic family. Uh, but Edmonds, he, he he's not a great tackler. And that's kind of um, necessary for a safety for a safety not to be a great tackler. That's not great. Um, so I don't know, man, like they that that was the that was that was the worst pick of the first round. I would say I mean, that's the thing I don't. I might I might actually say Rashad Penny. And that's weird because I actually like Rashad Penny as a prospect, but that was such a bad But in pick. terms of the need, yeah. Yeah, it's it's that's actually pretty close because so the Seahawks bad. needed so many other things. <laughs> uh-huh. like, I cannot believe how bad these picks were. Yeah, and they went out and got Morgan Burnett. It it just seemed like they didn't I actually mocked them getting a safety in the second or third round. I can't remember. I think it was the second round. I had them um I had them going to get Jesse Bates because they had done some uh some meetings with him, some private workouts, and it seemed like it was a fit at the end of the second round. Um, so I did project them having a safety, and some people are like, "No, they're not going to take a safety this high." No, like, and I was like, "Well, I mean, you could be right because they they need a linebacker. I, I imagine that they would take Mason Rudolph if he was if he was there. There are some other needs that they have um, inside and outside linebacker, but yeah, this well, I was, thought this one was Harold Landry too. And you know, if they were taking a safety, that could have been. Why yeah. not Justin Reed? Why not Harrison? That's a good question, man. Um, I I don't know. I feel like Justin Reed would have been a better fit for them, 100%. Like, if they would have taken Justin Reed here, I, I I would have felt like he was a little early. But at the same time, I would have understood it. Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was way early, actually. Yeah, in fact, that, it, I thought Reed was a, a late second-round pick. And if Edmonds would have been picked in the second round, in the late second round, we would have just destroyed that pick. Yeah, we, we, we still probably would have said, eh, meh, it's, it's, it is what it is. But, yeah, this pick, it, it, it made no sense. And, like, honestly, even in, at the draft – like I had it on the surround sound and all that stuff, and uh, there was crickets, crickets when that pick was announced. Twenty nine was really stupid too, and you know I'm a Jags fan. I'm not going to go into it too much, but I mean it was a lot easier to accept because well at least they didn't draft Terrell Edmonds or Rashad Penny twenty ninth <laughs> overall. But when it happened, I was just like, come on, are you serious, guys? They have so much. I I I, I didn't understand the pick. Like when they said Taven Bryan, I was like. I mean, I understand like they're they're the team that like the Jags like nobody thought that they needed AJ Boye, but they went out and they got him anyways, and that really worked out. But Taven Bryan, I don't think he gets in the field 
like I don't think he's going to play. Like Marcel Darius, Malik Jackson, Every Jones, like they have defensive tackles. So this was strictly a depth signing for them. And I, I get it, man. That defense is everything. And I feel like that they're, you know, the new version of the 2000 Ravens where they were just dominant for so long. I feel like the Jags are going to be that defense. But why? Yeah, so get an offensive tackle. Get Connor Williams. Or you know what? Fill out, but get a starting slot corner because you don't have one right now. Or get a linebacker. Yep. I, I actually am with you on all these points that you're making. I actually also feel like like when you said Connor Williams taking him here, that would have made sense. There is so much. Why? But my biggest thing is when they came on the clock, I was like, okay, Mason Rudolph, Lamar Jackson. I really don't care what your take is on Lamar Jackson. At least you give some competition to Blake Bortles. Like someone yeah. there so that he knows you're not going to be just, you're not going to have this job if you suck. Yeah. But they have now. Maybe they'll still get one of them in the second round. Maybe they'll trade up and get Rudolph. That's. That will salvage this draft for me. This thing, if Mason Rudolph, we've talked about this. If Mason Rudolph was not part of this 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 monstrous quarterback class where you had Mayfield, Rosen, Darnold, Rudolph would have been a top ten pick. Yeah. So to be able to get him at twenty nine, it just seems like a no brainer. And Taven Bryan, I, mean, I don't know. Or get Cortland depth. Sutton too. Like you, you need wide receivers. You don't have a number one guy. Sutton can be a number one guy. Didn't you hear they brought in Dante Moncrief to be their number one? Uh, Dante Moncrief's a solid number I'm four. Just, I'm just messing. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been oh, more man, okay. This with, I would be crazy. Yeah, I would have been more okay with that. I would have been more okay with a tight end because they they have yeah they need, yeah Austin Sperry and Jenkins on a two year deal. That's about the time it's going to take to develop Goddard or or Gesicki. So yeah, I I didn't understand this pick either. You talked about how you built five guys for the Bears. I did yep. the same thing. It was like eleven guys. Yeah, and Brian was nowhere near that list. If I would have yep. built it for twenty. I wouldn't have ever imagined the Jags would go get Brian. That's good, man. Like, like at least you're admitting that because sometimes like fans want to just justify their the GM's picks just to just to do it because they're they're a fan, and I understand that. But at the same time, you have to understand if you're a homer and if you can't admit it, that's a good exercise to do it. I mean, I was mad about the four net pick too. Pretty much, I'm just an old man. I'm gonna be mad no matter what, <laughs> even if they lose in the AFC Championship game. I was furious. Yeah. No. It. Yeah. They didn't. They they make some uh, questionable decisions. Yeah. Um, so what do you think about the Vikings getting Hughes over uh, over Josh Jackson? I like Mike Hughes. Uh, I think it was I like a good him pick. too, but Josh Jackson, man. I have them in the same territory. Like, honestly, I've kind of gone back and forth with them, too, uh, like in, in terms of rankings. I did have Josh Jackson a spot higher, but I, I, I understand like Mike Hughes. It seems like he might be a little more versatile where like I think they could use him as a nickel corner if they really wanted to. And they, if they wanted to, to keep Xavier Rhodes and uh, Trey Waynes on the outside. If that's what they wanted to do, um, I don't think Josh Jackson is that corner. I think Josh Jackson is strictly a perimeter corner. I don't think he's a shadow guy. Yeah. Um, but I think you're going to see Josh Jackson go early in the second round. I think that the the Colts should really debate him at one with one of their two picks at four or five. I think the Bucks should be considering him at six. Um, yeah. So I I think he comes off the board early. But Mike Hughes, I, I have no issue with the pick. Yeah, not a bad pick at all. Uh, like you said, Holton Hill would have been great for them in the second round. That's not happening. That gives us a chance to get him on our teams. Uh, did you see what Josh Rosen said? What an no. arrogant prick. There were nine <laughs> mistakes made ahead of me. Like, is he is he just trying to get headlines? Is he trying to get, like, spanked by the head by his new head coach? His coach has got to be so mad at him for saying that. You know what? Um, it, it's kind of funny. Steve Wilkes, I don't know how he's going to handle that. I don't know. I, I, mean, I have to imagine when you draft Josh Rosen, you know that this stuff comes with it. So um, this is a conversation that I don't even know if it's good for a podcast or not, because I know that there's mixed opinions on it. It's kind of like politics and stuff like that, um, whereas like uh, 
Josh Rosen, some people applaud him for his honesty and some people don't like it. I'm in the middle. I, I feel like there's a time for you to be honest. I feel like there's a time for you to shut up and actually listen to what someone has to say. I feel like that you can learn something from everyone if you just listen to them. But I think that I think Rosen's got this complex where I think he thinks he's better than everyone else. And I think he thinks he's smarter than everyone else. And that's the thing is some people say that's just confidence. And I understand what confidence is, but I also understand like when when your teammates talk about you, all you like when you listen to people talk about their teammates, you can kind of learn a lot. Like Colton Miller, they asked him on the red carpet you know, give us one word to describe Josh Rosen. And he was like a uh, worker. It that That's not a word that like, oh, stud, you know, like, oh, dude, like the best or something like that. Like he was just like worker. Okay. Like, and that's the thing. I, I think Josh Rosen's going to be a fine quarterback and what he does in the field. That's really what matters. But a lot of these GMs, when they, when they talk about, you know, quarterbacks and what they want, they want someone who's the face of the franchise. They want a leader. And I don't, think that Josh Rosen is a natural born leader. I think he's somewhat of a loner. I think he's a very smart loner. Um, and again, this he's Rajon Rondo. If you follow basketball, that is exactly who he is. And Rondo, you know, he's the quarterback of, of, he was the quarterback of the Celtics that won the championship. Like that can work, but you're right, man, he's a loner. And there's no way 27 year old veterans are going to come in and be like, yeah, I'm going to listen to this arrogant 20 year old kid. Well, that's the thing. It, like I said, there's times where you need to step up and you need to talk and you need to voice your opinion. I, I actually agree with that. And I think some people are too scared to do that. And I think it, it stunts their growth. But I also think it stunts your growth if you're not smart enough to stop talking and like and like legitimately understand that just because someone is not as smart as you, because we all know Josh Rosen is one of the smartest guys, like from from all accounts, like he's got a lot of intelligence. But that doesn't mean you can't learn from people who are, are less smart than you. Um, so, I, again, I, I I think that there's a mix, but I don't think that he understands what that is just yet. Yeah, that's why Belichick would have never drafted him. Apparently, though, Belichick doesn't know what he's doing because he went out and drafted <sighs> Sony Michelle at 31, man. And I know you like Michelle, but, like, they've got Rex Burkhead. They've got James White. They've got Jeremy Hill. They don't. They don't need a running back in the first round who has bone on bone. Well, can we can we stop with the don't 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 mention Jeremy Hill again because he's dead. He, yeah, he, he yeah, might I as probably well shouldn't him. have said that. That was too far. No, you might as well just cut him now because like this, it, it's a weird pick, right? And I love Sony Michelle. I I feel like he's Lashawn McCoy, and I feel like the bone on bone thing. I don't think that there's. I, I think that that's being overblown. And the reason okay. I say that is because we didn't hear about it until just a couple days ago. All of a sudden, it became this really big thing. And I think that there's things that are floated out there by teams hoping to get players to drop down the board. I also believe that the Patriots don't take someone at 31 knowing that there's bone on bone issues like that. that there's serious knee problems that you're never going to get a second contract out of them. Sonny Michelle is like, I, as far as I know, I think he maybe missed one game from his college career. Um, he's been playing. And again, we didn't hear about these things until like a few days ago. So that makes me really skeptical of that. But in, in terms of the, the fit for the pick, uh, I don't. I mean, it's really good for his fantasy stock. It is, but it, it, it's questionable, though, right? Like, I, I immediately wanted to say, oh, he's going to walk into that Deion Lewis role, and that's good, right? But th- the time where Deion Lewis was kind of like dominating in fantasy was when Rex Burkhead was out of the lineup. Rex Burkhead is back on the team. They re signed him to, to a two or three year deal. And then James White's there. James White is someone that they loved after the Super Bowl. People thought he might be the Deion Lewis this past year. Um, you know, I'm not too worried about Mike Gillisley and uh, Jeremy Hill because those guys are, I feel like they're depth chart guys. 
at this point. I, I You don't draft a running back at 31 unless you're going to use him. And I think the Patriots are another team where it's kind of like the Saints, where they, they, they know they have a window, and they're going for it. Um, so drafting Sony Michelle here, uh, is it questionable? Yeah. I mean, for how, for how little they've used a running back. Yeah. For how much they use, they've used a committee over the last few years. Yeah. But I, I'm a fan of his talent. <laughs> I'll say yeah, that. So, of course. He's my number two running back on the board. Yeah. I had him over Darius Geis as well. And to see Rashad Penny and Sony Michelle go over him, I think a lot of people are shocked by that. Yeah. Yeah. All right, man. Pick number 32. And I actually got the idea that somebody would trade up to 32 for Lamar Jackson who fell. I got that right. I didn't think it was going to be the Ravens. I called the Cardinals, but um, this is a really good move. I mean, first of all, they moved back twice. They got all the extra picks, and they used it to go up and get their quarterback. Good for them, man. Nice moves. It's a very low-risk move, and that's why I'm okay with it, too. And You have to wonder, like, how close are the Ravens to saying that Joe Flacco, you're, you're you know, you're on like the verge of being let go or you're on the verge of us moving on because they, they not only drafted Lamar Jackson here. Yes. They, they waited and waited and waited and then they had to trade up to 32 to get him. I I get that. But they also signed Robert Griffin, the third, a lot of people have kind of probably missed this stuff because it's just kind of going on in the background with all the draft, but they read, they, they signed Robert Griffin, the third to a contract, which it might tell me that they, they maybe had a plan in place uh, to, to eventually maybe change the offense to something else. Like, you think about it. Lamar Jackson's coming in now. They have Robert Griffin the third. They signed Hayden Hurst, who's kind of like this move tight end. So are they going to be changing offensive philosophies and saying that we're going to get away from this traditional offense with Joe Flacco and move to something a little bit more exotic? I, I don't know if they do that without hiring an offensive coordinator, and I don't know why they would do all these moves before hiring an offensive coordinator. But um, I think it's interesting. I definitely think it's interesting. And to get him at 32, that's good. Like, I had him at 29 to the Jags in my mock draft, and people told me I was stupid for having him that low, that he would go before then. And well, he went later. Um, I think this is right about where he should have gone, because I, I, I do believe that there is a tremendous amount of upside that's presented, but I also think that like we should not ignore the risk and the fact that he's a guy that just, he's got some accuracy problems as well. Uh, he doesn't have very good pocket presence. Like, his his feet... Are, are, he's caught flat-footed an awful lot, and I understand in college he can get away with that, but in the pros, it's a different game. Like These guys are twice as fast. That's what everybody talks about when they get in the NFL. The game is just faster. And so Lamar Jackson, things are going to catch up with him. So it will help that he's not asked to start right away. I think it's I think it's really going to help for him to sit and learn with RG3. So hopefully they don't cut RG3 and uh, just let him learn from Flacco because I don't think that would help. <laughs> I agree. You know, if it wasn't after midnight, maybe I wouldn't say this, but like, I don't understand. Why do people have to say that you're stupid if you have a different opinion? I agree. Like, stop doing that, people. Come on. Just be nice. <laughs> like, T- Tags is sitting here working as hard as he can to give you the best possible advice he can give you. Don't call him an idiot. That is, <laughs> that is so uncalled for. Bobby, if you missed it, um, it, uh, it one of my uh, intros, I think it was my, my mock draft 5.0, I think it was. I wrote a long intro, and I'm sure most people didn't read it. They just skipped down to the picks. They just want to know who I'm projecting. Uh, but I wrote a long intro basically about why people, why, why they criticize people and why they think people are dumb for mocking a certain way. And um, I kind of explain it to everybody. So hopefully if, if, if for whatever reason you're saying that people are dumb or if you feel the need to tell people that, go read that. And um, it'll help you understand uh, why you feel the way you do and how to fix it. <laughs> I'm so glad you wrote that, man. <laughs> You know, about this Lamar Jackson thing, I have one question. Like, okay, I already said I like the move. Is there any chance that they drafted him to be a wide receiver? 
No. I don't think so either. I just, I wanted to get that out of the way, like just in case maybe right. you thought so. No, no, I, I, I don't. Um, I, I, I think it was a mistake and I said it at the time and they started talking about it on the, on the broadcast and it's really funny because my wife was sitting there and she started laughing. She's like, this is exactly what you're talking about. Cause Troy Aikman started talking about like Lamar Miller should have capitalized on what he does best. And he, he skipped over at the combine. He skipped over on his pro day. He didn't even run the 40. So nobody even, they could be like, well, he's fast. Like people care about that track speed. Like you could see he's fast in the field. But is why he as fast as Michael Vick? I mean, he he looks like it on the field, um, but he's that's the close. thing. Like, why he's not run? Really the, close. Why wouldn't he run the forty? Like that was like the thing. It's just like you highlight your strengths. If you say I'm not going to throw at the combine, that would have made much more sense because obviously that's that's where his deficiencies are. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. But uh, but we should probably bring up before we get out of here though, Bobby. Is um, there was a trade made during the NFL draft and not with draft picks? Well, one draft pick was involved. The Oakland Raiders acquired Martavis Bryant. Good move. In exchange for a third round pick. Good move. I, I think third round pick is a little bit too high to pay for that, but you know, they need the wide receivers and uh, it's going to be nice to see what he can do. I also felt like it was a tad pricey, but again, I'm also a fan of Martavis Bryant. And so now you're looking at a, a starting wide receiver core, Martavis Bryant, Amari Cooper and uh, Jordy Nelson. So it's, I, I would imagine that they're going to move Jordy Nelson to the slot, which which would make me so happy because it made no sense when they traded for him and, and asking him to take Crabtree's role. So maybe they stick Martavis Bryant on the perimeter. Amari, they might shift him in and out with Jordy, but I think Jordy should be the 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 like a primary slot receiver. Tags, I know we're a little bit over an hour and you have to wake up soon to write your mock. I thought <laughs> maybe you're just going to do it tonight, but I wanted to ask you just for the people listening at home, like who are the best players available in the second round? Who are some guys in the second, third round that uh, people should hope their teams draft? So the players I would look at, I think we've talked about a few of them. Uh, Connor Williams, uh, he's you know he's a tackle, and I think he could play guard. Some people are projecting him to be a better guard because he's not exactly the biggest tackle. Uh, I think he's a, he's going to be a, a solid pick in day two. Will Hernandez, obviously, um, he'll he'll fill in a left guard for somebody. I imagine he's going to be taken in the first ten picks of the second round. Um, James Daniels still on the board, uh, the center out of Iowa. A lot of people projected him to be the number one center off the board. So it's kind of shocking to see two centers go before him. Lorenzo Carter, I had him over Harold Landry. So it doesn't shock wow. me. It, like the, I, I like Lorenzo Carter more. I do expect Harold Landry to be drafted very soon, but I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan. I think, uh, if you're looking for an end, like a, like an, a defensive end, uh, in the two, three range, Chad Thomas out of Miami. He's, he's someone I really like, uh, Josh Sweat. Um, Josh Sweet, I've been told multiple ways. So I, I, I like either. Sam Hubbard too. Sam Hubbard out of Ohio State. So he was surrounded by a lot of playmakers. So he's someone that I feel like it could go either way. I don't think that I don't think that he's a bad prospect, but he's not one of my favorites. Like okay, um, like I said, Josh Sweet, Josh Sweat, um, love him. Uh, looking at it, Holton Hill, we've talked about him. Uh, he's but he, Hill, yeah. he's probably going to be in like the third, fourth round range. And then you have Maurice Hurst. Maurice Hurst, um, the heart condition thing. We don't know. If he how- was healthy, he's a top twelve pick, right? He was gonna go in that range of Vea and Payne, like for sure. And then like this heart conditioning, so, so, some people have crossed him off their board. Um, yeah. I, I think the Cowboys would have taken him if he had been available at eighteen. Yeah, I, I, 
I actually thought that the Cowboys should have considered him, but um, but in the second round, it's, it's I'm curious to see how far he falls. But Tim Settle is another one. Tim Settle and Maurice Hurst as defensive tackles. Those guys are really good. Um, and obviously, everybody knows about the running backs and wide receivers. Um, we'll talk about those. Like we're gonna recap all this. We're gonna have uh, Jeff Ratcliffe actually from PFF on uh, on Monday to talk to us about the remainder of the draft because we're obviously gonna be watching that and taking down all our notes and. Uh, Back ready to discuss it, but um, man, this is fun. I, I, you're right. I need to, fu- I need to find some how. Like, I don't feel like my brain is functioning well enough to write an article right now. Like to write a, <laughs> a, a two round mock draft. Um, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm calm enough to go to sleep. <laughs> I'm yeah, in a problem. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm, I'm gonna go up and eat something. I don't know what I'm gonna eat yet. I have a few more players I want to talk about. Obviously, Sutton and James Washington. We've talked about them a lot, but Equinamia St. Brown. I'm a big fan of his, and uh, I think a team would be in good shape if they grabbed him in the late second round, early third. Um, another guy that we've mentioned before, Antonio Callaway, first-round talent. He's a wide receiver. Mike Gusecki's still on the board. Uh, Orlando Brown's a decent offensive tackle. Isaiah Oliver, a good cornerback. Desmond Harrison could be a first-round talent. He's got the off-the-field issues. He's an mm-hmm. outside. He's an offensive tackle. Uh, there's some really good players still on the board, man. Yeah, Desmond Harrison, I should have mentioned him. That's a good one. Um, but uh, as for uh, Callaway, I don't know if you heard about him, but uh, I don't know if he's going to be drafted at all, period. Like, um, the talent is definitely there, but he uh, tested positive for pot again at the NFL Combine. Ah, uh, I forgot about that. Yep, you're right. Yeah, so uh, some people are projecting him to fall into day three. Some people are saying that he's not going to get drafted at all, which wouldn't surprise me. But he is a very talented receiver. It's just, I mean, during the most important time of his life, and I understand that these kids are young. I, I don't expect them to make the best decisions, but I also understand that this is a time where you know a drug test is coming. You've got millions of dollars riding on the table and you can't get clean. That's yeah, that's a big red flag. Yeah, it's it's not great. So that's why uh, Antonio Callaway is probably going to be there in the sixth, seventh round. How, how far is Darius Geis going to fall? Why didn't he get drafted in the first round? Um, why didn't he get drafted in the first round? I think I hit it on the head actually. Um, in terms of the NFL and where it's going, and how running backs like Marshawn Lynch are not going to be as prevalent in the NFL because yeah. if they can't lower their head into a defender when going into contact, that's a real problem. Like a real problem for someone like Darius Geis, who is known to be, you know, he likes to call himself um, a savage. I think he said he's Marshawn Lynch Jr. I'm pretty sure it's like savage. He has tattooed like a, like his entire <laughs> back is covered in savage. So he's not known to be like the best pass catcher. That's why he's fallen there. And honestly, I, I, I don't I don't have an issue with Geis. I don't have an issue with a lot of running backs because I think that running backs in the NFL. I have an issue with any running back in the first round unless your name's Barkley. And even then, I have an issue with him in the top 10. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. I don't know. Running backs in the NFL, like, people are going to judge their effectiveness based on the offense that, that they're in. If someone like, you know, uh, someone like, like we'll say Darius Geis were to go and play with the Giants, I don't think he'd be very good. Like, I think Barkley can, like, I think he's good enough to make it work. Like, he's one of the only running backs that I could actually trust in New York <laughs> because, like, it's just not a very good offensive line. But if Darius Geis were to go, let's say, with the Cowboys and Ezekiel Elliott went there, obviously Darius Geis would have a great career. So, I think running backs, it all comes down to situations. So uh, I wouldn't be sad if um, my team waited at running back. Like I, we've talked about it, Rice, Rice Freeman, Nick Chubb, those guys are still on the board. Ronald Jones. Ronald Jones is a good running back too. Uh, he's someone who's a three-down guy. So yeah, there's still plenty of running backs on the board. And I, I said it all along. If you need a running back, this is the draft where you can wait until the third or fourth round and be okay with it. Yep, agree, man. 
All right, dude, let's get some sleep. This was a lot of fun, and uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow, man. And like Tag said, we've got Jeff Ratcliffe coming on next week to break it all down with us. Thanks again to the sponsors of today's show, pristineauction.com, P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E, and we're doing the Alvin Kamara signed jersey giveaway. Review and subscribe on iTunes. Take a screenshot. Send it to us at contest at fantasypros.com. And the other sponsor of today's show, teamstake.com, absolutely free to use, Fully customizable payment collection and payout distribution system at no cost. Teamstake.com. For Mike Tegliere, I'm Bobby Sylvester. Thanks for listening and enjoy your football. I just wanted you to watch me dissolve.